Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, President of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Welcome to Israel and You. We have a very special guest with us today, Rabbi Eli Abadi. He's the senior rabbi of the Jewish Council of the Emirates in the United Arab Emirates. Rabbi Abadi is also the former director of the Jacob E. Safra Institute of Sephardic Studies at Yeshiva University with an area of interest on the topic of Sephardic Judaism, history, philosophy, and comparative traditional law. He's a member of the board of American Sephardi Federation and the World Sephardic Educational Center and co-president of Justice for Jews from Arab Countries. He's a former member of the board and an officer of Rabbinical Council of America, the treasurer, vice president of the New York Board of Rabbis and co-chair of the Sadat Congregational Gold Medal Committee. And we're so privilege and honor to have you today on Israel and You. Welcome to the program, uh, Rabbi Abadi. Thank you. The pleasure is mine to be here with you today. And Rabbi, I met you two summers ago in Oxford uh, University in the UK, and uh, you and I were both presenters at uh, the conference uh, called uh, ISGAP, the Institute for the Study of Global Anti-Semitism and Policy. We met at their, their summer institute at Oxford, and I was so honored to hear your, your talk, and uh, you taught me so much, and I appreciate the conversations we had. And uh, because of all that's happened within Israel and the Arab world in uh, the last couple of weeks, I uh, wanted to bring you on today. And so you're a Jewish rabbi that lives in the United Arab Emirates, and that country is very, very peaceful in the relationship with, with Jews. So tell me what it's like living uh, in uh, the United Arab Emirates and, and practicing your faith of Judaism and leading a synagogue. Tell, tell us how that, how that works. So firstly, of course, it was a delight meeting you uh, at Oxford and having many of our conversations. It was truly a delight and a pleasure meeting you. So uh, I've been now for three years living in uh, the United Arab Emirates, uh, mostly in Dubai, though I travel maybe at least once a week to Abu Dhabi to take care of, uh, of the Jewish community's needs and uh, my relationships with the government and with the society over there. It has been a truly uh, three years of, um, of uh, true pleasure uh, meeting uh, new people, uh, building bridges, establishing uh, uh, relations uh, with society over there that uh, comes from all over the world indeed. Um, since the Abraham Accords um, uh, three years ago now, and even from before, I visited actually the United Arab Emirates uh, a year before the Abraham Accords. I was informed that the Abraham Accords were going to be taking place. Uh, and I met uh, His uh, Highness, uh, then he was the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Zayed, now he's the president. I met uh, many in, in his uh, government um, and from the family. And I have had actually relations with many um, uh, officials from from the UAE for over 10 to 12 years. 
Um, mm. The UAE was established uh, by the founding father, Sheikh Zayed of blessed memory, as a bastion of um, tolerance, of equality, uh, of living in peace and harmony. And, uh, of course, uh, as the time passed, uh, the UAE has uh, demonstrated and shown that it could be a place where there is tolerance, there is moderation, uh, there is um, not just tolerance, but really living, uh, living in, in peace and harmony, coexistence between all, all the nationalities. The UAE has uh, over 204 nationalities living there, and they all live in peace and tranquility and, and harmony. And, uh, of course, there were Jews living there before the Abraham Accord. I was there, as I said, twice before the Abraham Accord. And, um, and though they lived quietly in a sense, uh, but the government uh, was aware of them, supported them in a sense, and uh, they lived without any, any, any issues. Uh, with the Abraham Accords, of course, uh, that life became more public with uh, services, with uh, kosher food, with uh, lectures, with community center, with restaurants, with the uh, places of worship and prayer, uh, without any uh, any any issue, without any problem. Um, so uh, the idea is that we are all children of the same God. We're all children of Abraham, our uh, our forefather of both uh, Arabs and Jews, Muslims and Jews. And uh, the idea is that uh, our forefather Abraham wanted us to live in peace and tranquility and harmony, and that's um, that's the charge that that the UAE has, that the charge that we have also. And uh, and that way we're able to establish great relations with many people in the Emirates, and not just the Emirati people. Uh, The Emirati people only make up 15% of the population in the UAE. The other 85%, they come from every single country in the world and beyond even. Um, Of course, there is a a large uh, population of uh, of Arabs from the Middle East, uh, Egypt, Kuwait, Iraq, Syria, uh, Lebanon, uh, the PA territories, uh, and more, uh, North Africa. And many of them are there to live in peace and tranquility. Um, And uh, many of them have extended their hands in friendship to us. And I have had many of them... uh, uh, come to our synagogue uh, to to see how we pray, how we worship, joining us in many holiday celebrations. And in fact, in the last uh, two, three weeks, many of them have reached out to me, uh, showing their sympathy, showing their support, and decrying and deploring what, uh, what Hamas has done. So uh, I must say that this experience has been a very, very positive experience. An experience that I wish it could be uh, emulated um, anywhere in the world and all over the world. That- and, and Rabbi, you're offering a, a, a point of great hope uh, to our listening audience today because all we've heard the last two weeks is, is about terrorism and hatred uh, in the region towards uh, Israel and, and Jewish people. But what is happening the last couple of years through the Abraham Accords, 
nation after nation, they're building peaceful relationships with the state of Israel. And uh, of course, your domain there in the United Arab Emirates, I, I heard your talk um, at ISGAP in Oxford two summers ago. There were representatives that came to Oxford from the UAE officials that spoke and talked about peace and, and building relationships with the state of Israel. And so what's happened now, it's like an abyss has opened up of, uh, and all we're seeing on the news, Rabbi, here in the States is, is Arab hatred towards, towards Israel. But there is several, several countries right now that are not going in that direction. They're bu building peaceful ties. So in, in your opinion, what happened on October 7th with Hamas's incursion into southern Israel and the massacre of uh, 1,400 innocent Jewish civilians, were they attempting, maybe as a proxy terrorist organization of, of Iran, uh, were they attempting to break up uh, the, the new accord between uh, Saudi Arabia and Israel that was on the table and we're moving in that direction and maybe just to throw a wrench into the Abraham Accords as a whole. What, what is your opinion, Rabbi? Well, so all the countries that uh, are um, participants in the Abraham Accords uh, came to the realization that uh, we are all, as I said before, children of one God and children of one patriarch, Abraham. And uh, unless we unite against evil in the world, unless we unite against the fanatic jihadist uh, Islamic movement, uh, not just the region will go up in flame, but the world will go up in flame. They did come to that mm -hmm. realization. That realization was told to me in my own ears by leaders of uh, some of these countries. And they uh, decided that it's about time that we unite together, fight evil, and uh, look forward for a Middle East, uh, for a Gulf that is uh, modern, that is uh, moderate, that looks for the benefit of humanity in general. And uh, as Crown uh, Prince uh, Mohammed bin Salman from Saudi Arabia said, they're looking to turn the Gulf, they're looking to turn the Middle East into the next Europe. Um, hmm. and, and I believe it is possible to do it, but it's only possible to do it if people of goodwill, if countries of goodwill unite together and finally decide that we ought to fight evil for the benefit of the population of each uh, of those countries. Uh, Hamas and many of the Palestinian terrorists, uh, they have one goal. Their narrative for the last 75 years have been false, full of lies, um, fabrication of, of, uh, of facts, um, and uh, just to serve their own um, interests. Um, don't forget that the PLO was established in 1964. That's 16 years after the establishment of the State of Israel. Uh, there was no such thing before as the Palestinian people. There was no such thing as Palestinian movement. Uh, you know, the, the land of Palestina uh, was known to be the Holy Land, the land of Israel, for millennia, for over 
thousands of years, the Jews lived there, had the first uh, temple, the second temple, many kingdoms there. Um, and uh, the Romans, once they conquered uh, the land of Israel, uh, expelled uh, the Israelites, the Jews from there, destroyed the temple. They called it Palestina after the Philistines, who lived there mm-hmm. uh, 1,000 years before the Romans were there. So the, the, the Philistines had disappeared 1,000 years before the Romans arrived to the land of Israel, did not exist anymore. But the Romans named that land Palestina, or Palestine in English, to stick it to the Jews, so to speak. So there won't be any connections between the Jews and the land. Otherwise, it would have been called the land of Israel. Uh, but of course, the Jews throughout history, throughout uh, our uh, services, prayers, uh, tradition, uh, commandments, uh, any of our religious and social activities, we always remembered and thought of Jerusalem, of the land of Israel, and yearning to return back to maintain Jewish sovereignty there. Um, so the so-called Palestinians, uh, as you know, uh, they just uh, basically created and fabricated their history. And unfortunately, most of the Arab countries and most of the world bought into that uh, fallacy. And uh, for years, they have been supporting them. But we knew that many in those Palestinian people, and uh, many of them were terrorists. I mean, the PLO is a terrorist organization. Islamic Jihad is a terrorist organization. Hamas is a terrorist organization. Unfortunately, most of their organizations are terrorist organizations. Very, very few of them are really political or or social organizations. I mean, even the PA, Mahmoud Abbas, uh, he himself was a terrorist second-in-command after PLO in the 70s. Um, And he is a supporter of terrorists. He pays terrorists a lifetime uh, stipend for them and their family if they commit acts of terrorism. And so uh, do they want to destroy the Abraham Accords. That's one of the many reasons why they did what they did. Mainly, I believe, and it is known, that these people have no qualms for sanctity of life, for human beings, for dignity. They went there to kill as many people as they can. They went there to mutilate as many babies as they can. They went there to rape as many women as they can. Uh, with no regards to human sanctity of life, to dignity, to respect, to, to the image of God in, uh, in the human uh, at all. These people are not even in regards to establishing a country. Their intention was specifically, and we see from the number of people that they killed in such a short time, over 1,400 people they killed. Decapitated many right. babies, over 40 babies they killed. They burned people. They raped women. They, they, they chopped off people's limbs. Uh, atrocities that the most ferocious animal would not do. And yet they did. This is not uh, a human uh, action or reaction to anything. Right. And yeah. so, yes, you, you they see, wanted to derail the Abraham Accord, but that's one of the many reasons what they did what they did. Yeah. You sent me a, a video yesterday, Rabbi, 
uh, from, I believe he was the Minister of Foreign Affairs for the UAE, and he was talking to a group of international journalists, and he was saying to them that the West does not understand the brutality of terrorism, and we have allowed uh, terrorists into our universities, into our political arena, to uh, turn the world not only against Israel, but turn the world against the West. And I know that there were a lot of progressive people that, that believe that, that you know, we, we all are going to live in peace and harmony with, with terrorists and with Hamas and the PLO. Uh, they, they woke up on Saturday morning the 7th as progressives, but the time they went to bed at night, they turned into conservatives. And maybe uh, the world will wake up to the the threat of radical Islamism, so do you do you believe that is a threat to our not only to Israel but to the entire Western world? Radical Islam. Absolutely, uh, His Highness uh, Sheikh Abdullah bin Zayed, who is the Foreign Minister, uh, he said those words in two thousand and seventeen. Not now, so. He, I know him personally, and he has said those words to me, too, in other meetings that, that we had. Um, he clearly said uh, that the UAE does not have a problem with Islamists because they don't exist there. Uh, however, the West, in their um, uh, dreams or in their slumber, thinks that they can coexist peacefully with terrorists and with, with, with Islamists. Um, it's, uh, yes, the West is sleeping. They're slumbering. They, uh, their progressive ideas of uh, peace and love um, are so far, far-fetched that uh, they don't know what to do when they see what they saw that Saturday, October 7th. And many of them, I do hope that many of them woke up progressive and went to sleep as conservative. Although I'm not, I'm not that sure that many. Yes, probably some, some did. And that means uh, that these people do uh, see and do hear these atrocities and uh, they change their mind. But many of them are unfortunately brainwashed progressives that do not use their intelligence to discern between good and bad, or good and evil. And um, what they really believe is that supporting the so-called Palestinian cause or the Hamas atrocities uh, is going to get them anywhere. Um, they're, they're, they're dreaming. They're, they're more than dreaming. It's a nightmare. And when they will wake up, they're not going to know what hit them when they see that they can't. The, the irony is that these terrorists, these Hamas and these, these Islamists uh, will not tolerate any LGBTQ movements, will not tolerate any freedom of expression movements, will not tolerate any homosexuality. They would hang them and they are hanging them. They would not tolerate any freedom of expression, and all of these progressives who are supposed to be the bastion of freedom of expression and liberal thought, 
they think that these Islamists, these terrorists, are going to uh, live uh, in happily ever after together with them. They're they slumbering, they sleeping, they don't know what they're doing. So, so that that to me, it shows me that these progressives are of a lesser intelligence level than those who can discern and change their mind and change their 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 position. Uh, I respect those who can see a reality, a fact, and make a decision based on that. These people are still sleeping, slumbering, and thinking they're living in la-la land, and they're going to live in la-la land with these terrorists. Uh, You know, uh, I'm sorry for them who they will eventually wake up, but it might be too late for them, for their families, and for their civilization. Um, And And, and the good news is, Rabbi, the good news is that... There's 2 billion uh, Muslims in the world, and the good news is um, the majority of them are peace-loving, and 25% of the 2 billion have been radicalized. And uh, there is a difference, and you would agree with this, that there's a difference between radical Islamism and uh, the Muslim faith, the Islamic faith. And so there's many, many peace-loving Arabs, and that, to me, is a hope that here you are as a Jewish rabbi living in an Arab country. And uh, when Dr. Charles Small from ISGAP came to visit you a couple years ago, he, he knocked on your door uh, on uh, Shabbat evening. You were there with your family enjoying Shabbat. And uh, he said the door was opened. And he just walked right in and he said, you don't lock your door? And you said, no, I, I live here in peace with my neighbors. So I, I want our listeners to know that, that um, we are not against uh, peace-loving Muslims around the globe. Uh, we want to walk in, in uh, harmony and peace with them. And I, I, I do believe there is this opening through the Abraham Accords where Arab nations are building new ties with the state of Israel. Uh, but so we're not against uh, Muslims, Rabbi. We're against radical Islamism, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. I have very, very dear friends that are Muslims. Uh, some of them are secular Muslims. Some of them are imams by themselves. Very dear friends. We we sit and we and we chat together and we converse. As I said uh, at the beginning, I, in the last two weeks, I have received many calls, texts, and uh, Muslims reaching out to me to make sure that my family, I, and Israel are, are safe. Um, they deplored the atrocities of Hamas, and they gave their support. No question about that. I have uh, very, very, very dear friends, uh, not just in the Emirates, in many other Arab countries, Muslim peace-loving, that uh, that they want to live in peace and harmony, and they want uh, they want they have extended their hands in, in friendship and um, and um, in harmony. No question about that. Uh, and uh, that is exactly the, the Abraham Accords are uh, outgrowth of that of that peace loving uh, Muslim population. Uh, you know, Islam and Judaism are eighty five percent compatible. Uh, whenever I sit with imams and discuss the religious, um, uh, is not religious differences, but more of a religious commonality that, that exists. Um, it's amazing. Uh, the amount of even uh, very minute commandments and very small, uh, if you will, uh, 
um, traditions very very similar, and so uh, we are we are indeed cousins, not cousins, we are even brothers. Um, and that so uh, absolutely it's um, there are many peace loving uh, Muslims who want to live in peace and harmony with with not just with Jews but with, with everyone uh, but you mentioned numbers and numbers are important you mentioned two billion and even if some say there are only one and a half billion Muslims but by saying that 25 percent are radicalized that is 500, if 2 billion, that's 500 million people that are radicalized. That's a number is staggering. And even if you want to say that only 1%, 1% or 10% are, are, are radicalized, that's 150 million people. And if you want to say that 1% are terrorists, that's 15 million people out of 1.5 billion. And if it's 2 billion, that's 20 million terrorists. That's double the nation of Israel. That's double the nations of Lebanon. That's uh, that's double the population of New York City. More than double, double and a half. So, percentage-wise, might sound very uh, very low, but in absolute numbers, is staggering. Imagine having twenty million terrorists roaming the world. They could wreak havoc. Look what one thousand of them did uh, in Israel. They killed 1,400 people and injured almost 4,000 people and burned so many um, villages. So um, one is too many terrorists. Terrorists should not be allowed to exist. These are not uh, civilized people who want to live in a peaceful world. The only thing they want to do is destroy uh, is, is just um, had they wanted to have their own state, they have had Gaza now for 16 years, more than almost 17 years. What have they done? Have they built roads? Have they built industry? Have they built a tourism industry? Have they built fishing industry? Have they built any civil society? The only thing they built are terror tunnels and weapons. I read yesterday, Rabbi, about a Jewish humanitarian that lived in southern Israel and had employed several hundred Palestinians yeah. and was building uh, uh, sewage systems and water uh, lines into uh, the Palestinian uh, Gaza area. And Hamas dug up all the pipes used to bring water uh, to the citizens, they dug up the pipes and used them to build missiles. And so they have no intention of, of walking in peace with anyone. They have a, a culture of death that has one purpose, and that is the total annihilation. It's written into Hamas's charter, a total annihilation of Jews, not only in Israel, but around the globe. And so I, I agree with you. There's, there's only one way to deal with this kind of threat, and that's, that's through eradicating it uh, by its root. And so, Rabbi, I so appreciate you being uh, with me today on Israel and You. And uh, I, I love your work there in the UAE and building bonds and friendships with uh, the Arab uh, leaders uh, of the country and the Arab people. 
And I want to have you back on uh, very soon to continue this conversation. But uh, thanks again for being with me, Rabbi. Thank you. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. And at any time, would love to uh, be in conversation with you. Thank you. And, and we'll see you all next time on Israel and You. <laughs>